0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. One thing that is true is that when children get together, they spread germs. School, daycare, it's unavoidable. So what are the more typical schoolyard illnesses? What do they look like? And most importantly, how long do they need to stay home for? Sarah Huntstead is a former paediatric nurse and director of CPR Kids. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm very well. Just because it's that kind of interview, what I want to do in this one is go through the ones that I have heard are more common, and then I want you to tell me the symptoms, how do we know our kids got it, whether our child needs to stay at home, and then, of course, because we are all, you know, caring parents, how to stop the spread of said disease. Is that okay? That sounds fantastic. Let's start with a fun one. They're all fun. Conjunctivitis. Ew. Yeah, that's a fun one. What, what are the symptoms of conjunctivitis? Okay. When it comes to
1: conjunctivitis, you can have viral, allergic or bacterial conjunctivitis, but you don't need to diagnose that. What you will probably notice is a child who's yelling at you from the bedroom, whether they're crying or Saying, I can't open my eyes. Because often the first thing you'll know about is they might have had a little bit of a red or watery eye, and then when they wake up in the morning, it's glued together with that disgusting <laughs> yunk.
0: Oh yes. Not fun.
1: No, not at all. So the eye can be itchy, it can be
0: painful. And it's not always completely shut though, is it? No,
1: not always. No, certainly not. Sometimes you know you might just you know, see them in the morning and they've got that lovely bit of green or yellow pussy stuff in the corner. Corner of their eye, and they might be rubbing it, and then
0: rubbing you. And but, oh, don't, uh, don't. <laughs> and it, it's it's more. Uh, it's you, you can tell the difference between that and sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a lot.
1: Often it can be a lot more profuse than sleep. Remember, if your child often has sleep in the eye, you know what that's normally like. You might go, hang on a sec. This is a bit different. Their eye can be red. It can be
0: scratchy and itchy. It can be watery as well. Okay. And do we need to? I know the answer to this. We need to keep them home, don't we? Yes. It's very contagious, isn't it? It
1: is. This is one of those ones where it just seems to, the child would go to daycare and often not the parent's fault. They might not have even realised. It might just been a little bit red or something like that. And then all of a sudden, vroom, the entire daycare <laughs> has got conjunctivitis um, because they could it be exposed to a child who's got conjunctivitis and it can take, you know, between one and three days before the next child will start showing symptoms. And that's how it gets spread around and it's spread through touch as well. So, Does that mean you need to keep them home for three days? Well, you need to keep them home
0: until all of that yucky stuff is gone from the eye. And so you take them to the doctor because if it's bacterial they can have antibiotic. So they
1: can yes, exactly. So if it is a bacterial conjunctivitis, then often it uh, might be drops or a cream in the eye, may be necessary. If it is a viral, then nothing's going to help that but time. But what we can do is using an advice of your doctor of course, is you know how you get that lovely moist cotton wool ball corner of the eye nearest to the nose and then sweeping it across and giving it a nice clean, you need to be doing that as well.
0: All the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the stay home till it's clear. This is your favourite one, gastroenteritis. Uh, A phrase coined from you, a trip to Brown Town. (laughs) That that wasn't me. Really? That was Jason, former former colleague. It was brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Come on. It's funny. It is. (laughs) But also gross. So, uh, (laughs) I can't believe I'm asking this. What are the symptoms of gastroenteritis?
1: Hmm. I bet everybody out there is just (laughs) shouting it right now going, it is often starting with stomach cramps. So your child might be complaining of a sore tummy, which is often followed by some lovely vomiting.
0: And after that, we have the other end with the diarrhoea. And does it happen quite quickly, the cramps to the throwing up? Um, it can do. So I'm just talking as a parent who wants to know when I have to run my child to yeah. the bathroom. Oh, of course.
1: Now, it, it really depends on what it is causing it. So, usually with gastroenteritis, it's a viral infection. Uh, it can be an onset of symptoms within hours of being exposed to the virus, or it can be even up to days later. But often it is that cramping kids especially little ones aren't very good at associating that pain and following with a vomit so really
0: <laughs> so much fun oh so much fun um and obviously they stay home but yes. do we know what time period they need to stay home for. Yes, absolutely. So
1: they must stay home for a minimum of 24 hours after the last symptom ceases. So we're not talking the last vomit. We're talking the last loose bowel motion. And if everybody in could see me right now, you'd see that I'm pointing <laughs> to did. my bottom. That's yeah, true. Um <laughs> That's where loose bowel m- movements tend to come from, I, I understand. Exactly. So, but yes, so 24 hours after the last loose bowel motion. So, we need
0: to make sure that they are symptom free. Very, is there anything important? you can do for gastroenteritis? Like if that's happening, do you try to take your child to the doctor? Or it sounds like you'd be spreading it everywhere if you yeah. did that. The aim of what we're doing is preventing dehydration. So often
1: there's nothing that we can really do to prevent the progression of the illness. What we want to do is make sure that they don't become dry. So if your child is not tolerating any fluids at all, if you notice that they are having signs of dehydration where you might notice that their mouth and lips are quite dry, they may be crying with no tears. In babies, you may notice that their fontanelle is sunken. Um, Certainly, your child looks
0: unwell. Always seek medical help. Okay. Hand, foot and mouth disease. Oh, my (laughs) favourite. This is your favourite, is it? Uh, Yeah, I do like this one. Now, is hand, foot and mouth disease something that only really happens with children before school, like more in preschool settings? Or? No. No. Oh, <laughs> bummer. Okay. Sorry. But, <laughs>
1: well, no, this is from personal experience. Yes. It, you certainly see it much more rife among the toddlers and the preschoolers. Um, it just so happens that one of my children has had it upwards of five times.
0: And how... How is it?
1: It's contagious, obviously. How, it is.
0: How does it start?
1: What are the symptoms? Okay. start at the
0: very beginning. What are the symptoms? So
1: often you'll have a child who's just quite generally unwell. They may be a bit grumpy. They're just not, you know, they're not looking good. They'll often spike a fever as well. Remember, fever is just a symptom. It's not the illness itself.
0: And then you start to notice the blisters. You should see Sarah's (laughs) face right now. She's getting like really, oh, 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 then you see the blisters. She's gleeful. (laughs) Wrong. It's just so satisfying to be able to, you just know it when you see it.
1: So often the blisters will start Around the mouth, around the lips, on the inside of the mouth, you may notice them on the hands, certainly the palms, the inside of the fingers, the soles of the feet, and often they can be quite painful for the child to touch as well. they'll it'll it'll be sore, and it can also end up all over the nappy area too. Oh no. And that's not good. So when it comes to hand, foot and mouth, you have to keep them home.
0: Yeah, and how long does it take? because In- it till the blisters have cleared up? That could be a week, right? It does take a while. They don't need
1: to be gone completely. They just need to have dried up because it's the fluid inside the blisters that helps spread to others. And one of the most important things that you can do when it comes to hand, foot and mouth is just making sure that they rest and have lots and lots of fluids. Do you also take them to the GP? Is it something well, that can be treated? It depends. No, it's a virus. So it's okay. just purely that support. But when we do get concerned is when they've got a mouth full of blisters and they don't want to drink. That's when you're going to need to go off to the GP to see if there's something that can help the pain in the mouth so that then they start drinking again. Right. Uh, and what is slapped cheek? Right. Right. Slapped cheek is otherwise known as fifth disease, which is parvovirus. I just like that word,
0: parvovirus. <laughs> You're not normal, Sarah. You know that, don't you? Yes, but that's okay. <laughs> in a good way.
1: <laughs> exactly. In a unique and beautiful way. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> so, slap cheek is quite common in late preschool and primary school kids. And it's really the reason it's called slap cheek is because it actually looks like they've been slapped on the cheeks so often they'll be unwell they'll have a fever and then this bright red kind of slapped like look across their face and they can also have a rash across the rest of their body which looks actually quite lacy it's like a red lacy rash that goes over their torso and once again you've got to keep them home
0: until the fever goes away they can go to school with just the rash Okay, just don't show your friends. No. We'll be back with Sarah Hunstead on Feed, Play, Love right after this. One of our favourite guests on Feed, Play, Love is the wonderful Maggie Dent. Maggie is running a series of events focused on helping parents better manage fear, worry and anxiety in children. The events will run in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and we have a double pass to each event to give away. It's very exciting. In calming today's anxious kids, Maggie will be joined by two of her favourite parenting experts. They will not only explore why anxiety and associated behaviours occur, they will reveal simple strategies to improve our children's ability to regulate themselves. To win a double pass to the first Melbourne event on the 18th of May, simply head to babyology.com.au and click on win to enter. We'll be giving away tickets to the other cities in future episodes of Feed, Play, Love, so stay subscribed. Now, influenza, we o- we often say, oh, I had the flu. It's a very common saying, we had the flu. But people seem to be a bit confused between what's a flu and what's just a cold. Mm-hmm. Tell us about influenza. What are the symptoms? What are the actual symptoms of influenza? You feel so
1: sick when you have the flu. Uh, it's next level. It really is. Often you'll have vomiting, diarrhea, the lethargy. You often can't even get out of bed and this is you know i'm talking as an adult i've had the flu and this is how i felt as an adult imagine being a little kid and feeling like this
0: they are just so lethargic they'll be febrile and does it come accompanied with like a congestion runny nose and that's why people confuse it with a cold
1: definitely it does but trust me if you had the flu you would know Mm -hmm. And you would know if your child had flu because they are quite unwell. Often when your child's got a cold, you know, yeah, they will be a bit miserable. They may have, you know, a bit of a fever, but they're still, you know, they'll still be eating, they'll still be drinking, maybe not as much. But, you know, they might just want to sit up and watch telly, but, you know, they're still a bit in, they're still interested in stuff. When it comes to the flu, it can be an
0: awful, awful illness. And... How long, I mean, obviously when a child is that miserable, you don't even think about sending them to school, but how long does that that remain contagious or how long do you have to keep them home? So when it comes to the
1: flu, you need to keep them home until they're feeling better. So there's oh, no... Oh, children,
0: how on earth can you I tell know that? I they know. spend a week in bed. They're like, I am staying here for the rest <laughs> of my life. But then they get bored. True. They get bored. Okay. that's bored. Okay, That's a really good
1: yardstick is when your child starts to say... I'm bored that they're on the mend. So you can't really put a finite time on the flu. It's about when are they up and interested, eating and drinking well, and they're not
0: spreading snot everywhere. And with that particular scenario, is it the same as with other, like gastroenteritis, for example, you just want to keep their fluids up?
1: Absolutely. So we really want to prevent dehydration. We want to keep them comfortable. We want to, if they're sore, then by all means, give them some analgesia. Speak to your pharmacist. Speak to your GP. If your child is very young or if you are concerned about your child, make sure that you seek medical help.
0: And what's your take on the flu shot? Because that's a preventative measure. Obviously, it can never be 100% um effective, I guess, because they're all different kinds of strains of the flu. Yes. What are your thoughts on the flu shot? So my thoughts on the flu shot are that particularly if your child
1: is in in an at-risk group, it is incredibly important to get this I think that immunisations are a fantastic idea. I think that certainly being able to give your child protection against an illness like the
0: flu that can be pretty awful is a really good idea. I find the flu frightening. I think once um, when Darcy was small... About a, the week before we went to get the flu shot, she got the flu. Mm. And I'd kind of been I and ahhing. And when she got it, I was terrified. She was under five. She just went downhill so quickly. Absolutely. And there can be complications from influenza as well. So if you can prevent it, why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. Okay. And the final one, which is very topical at the moment, measles. Ah, yes. The spotty measles. Ah, so we were just talking about vaccinations before we go into the symptoms, et cetera, of measles. Um, I had read somewhere that adults who haven't had a booster in a while are also should be thinking about that now. Absolutely,
1: yes. So that's something that we all need to be thinking about. You need to go and speak to your GP and find out if you need to have a booster. You know, if you ended up, if you weren't sure you end up having another one, it is not going to do you any harm at all. However, measles is not an illness that you really want to be catching. And do adults get
0: measles or do we get
1: shingles? No,
0: we get measles. So shingles is after chicken pox. Oh. Mm-hmm. See, I just equate the two. They're spotty, they're red, they're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. um, so measles is the one that's um, having a comeback, shall we say? It certainly is. So we're seeing epidemic proportions of measles in, um, in
1: countries that, for example, uh, many years ago, the US actually declared that measles had been eradicated. Not so anymore. It is making a comeback so the signs and symptoms you need to look out for so your child will be generally unwell it will be almost like cold like symptoms they may have a fever they may have or they probably will have quite red watery eyes and certainly you'll notice that the rash comes out it often starts at the hairline and then starts to move down and this rash it's like red fine spots all over and then often it can have little raised red spots on the top of those spots. Ugh. I mean, it's spots on spots. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're getting excited again. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I need to stop talking about this. I need to stop talking about it because all of these illnesses, I just think everybody needs to know about them. I love talking about it. But it's so important. You know, your child will actually be quite unwell. They might be a bit achy. They can have a cough. They get headaches yeah, with measles. absolutely. You can get headaches with anything, you know, when you don't feel well. Yeah. You know. so it's the thing that's really important is this is a vaccine preventable disease. It really is. And so it's important when we think that one in a thousand will have a complication from measles, such as measles encephalitis, which is a disease that you do not want your child having. So really, if we can prevent
0: this, we need to do it. And how well protected are children who have had the measles vaccination? So the last measles vaccination is at four years of age. Is that right?
1: Uh, Yep, I think you're right there. I
0: have to double check. I can't remember the schedule off the top of my head. That's because your children are older now. (laughs) I still remember taking my son for his last uh, vaccination. Um, So is it 100% effective or can children still get the measles if um, herd immunity has lowered? So. No vaccine is
1: 100% effective. It's just not. Um, and so what we need to do is we need to make sure that as many of us who can be vaccinated are, because with herd immunity, that's what's going to protect those who either can't be immunised or don't
0: have that full protection. So you do hear with measles in particular, there'll be a, a news alert or something saying uh, it was discovered that a person mm-hmm. who had the measles was in this area at this time is it contagious before the spots come out? Yes, it is. So it's
1: contagious between 10 to 12 days before symptoms appear. So you can be wandering around out there not knowing that you've got measles and spreading it lovingly to everybody around you. And the thing is, is that you can often be having this and then 14 days until the rash
0: actually develops as well. So it's
1: quite a long time so isolation. Could someone isolation.
0: So someone could be showing signs of illness, but not have the rash. So those symptoms themselves, you may not know to keep your child home. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. Oh. So exactly. So once, let's say once the spots come out and you absolutely know they have measles, is it a case of Stay at home. It's been so long since anyone had them, I wouldn't know what to do. Well, you know what's really interesting? In my career, I've seen two
1: cases of measles because it just wasn't around. And now, if you spoke to a nurse in you know, in the emergency department, they're seeing it all the time. So te- people take them to emergency? Uh, can do, because often they don't realise what it actually is. So what you need to do... If you suspect that your child has measles, you need to ring your GP unless, of course, they're extremely unwell. Then, yes, of course, you may need to go to the emergency department, but you're not just sitting down in the waiting room. In the GP, you're letting them know that you suspect that your child may have measles so that you can isolate them into another room. We don't want them. Being around with other people. It's not, you know, stopping at the shops on your way to the doctors either. It's really thinking about if my child has measles, I really do need to isolate them. So with measles, it can be 10 to 12 days until the first symptoms start to develop of your child becoming unwell, that red, sore, watery eyes. And then it's only a few days later that the rash may also appear. So from time of exposure to the rash appearing can be around 14 days. Okay. Now, that rash can actually last for four to seven days as well, which is quite a long time. And for, you know, I understand I'm a working mum. I get it. Staying home with your kid for that amount of time is a long time. There's no way
0: anyone would let you leave the home with a child with measles. You can't go anywhere anyway. You
1: can't. And the other thing is, too, you need to keep them home for four days after the rash appears as well. So you're staying home for this time. But, you know, this is a vaccine-preventable disease.
0: So just get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Oh, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you about diseases,
1: Sarah. I will come and talk any time about diseases. Well, I feel diseases. enlightened.
0: I feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I also feel enlightened. Sarah, thank you so much for coming My in. My pleasure. That's Sarah said She's the director of CPR Kids, and CPR Kids do first aid courses for parents. They have this awesome traffic light system, which will help you understand when you need to stay home, when you need to see GP, when you need to go to emergency. I highly recommend it. We'll pop a link up to their website in the notes of this episode.